we start off today with a God who is looking. He is looking everywhere, to and fro throughout the earth. His eyes are everywhere. He's looking. And you know what he's not looking at? He's not looking at how expensive your jeans are. He is not looking at how expensive your bag is. He is not looking at what kind of car that you drive. That does not interest him at all, okay? He looks at this. For the eyes of the Lord move to and throw throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to another awesome week at the Autumn Miles Show, you guys. I am so excited about this week. As you know, we are in the Women Series. It is all about women. This is week two. If you didn't grab uh, last week's episode, go get it. We talked all about Esther. I love the For Such a Time as This uh, moment in Esther But what we did last week is we went all the way back to the beginning of Esther. We did a little bit of a historical deep dive, and I was able to hopefully articulate to you guys how, at what length, God goes to to put you in a position that you are the head and not the tail. And that's exactly what we talked about last week. God will go to great lengths to move things around in order for you to accomplish exactly, precisely what you're on the planet to do. This week is going to be no different. We're going to hit up my girl Rahab. Y'all know I love Rahab. Um, I'm going to talk to about a little bit different perspective than I've really shared before. It will be different. It'll be unique. It'll be awesome. You will love it. That's coming up after the break. Welcome to the show today. Couple of announcements. We love hearing from you. I have an amazing testimony today from uh, one of you guys out there. You're going to love it. It's awesome. You guys are sending them in. You're also sending us tons of prayer requests, which I love. We get, we receive. You guys are really talking back to us and I love that. Thank you so much for doing that. If there is something that God is doing in your life, Email us at hello at autumnmiles.com. I want to know about it. I want to tell the world about it. I want everyone to know what is going on in your life because your faith is going to, without a doubt, inspire somebody else's faith. And, um, you know, people that are down right now, that are frustrated right now, that don't know exactly if God is going to come through right now, your faith. And what God is doing in your life will encourage them to carry on. So love that. Also, we're going to take the Autumn Mile Show on the road. As a matter of fact, I'll be in Orlando here in a couple of weeks taking the show on the road. I want to come to you. Where do you live? I want to know. The small town, big town, little town, no town. Tell me. I want to know. I want to come to you. I want to bring the show to you. Email hello at autumnmiles.com if you, you know, want to hang out with your girl over here because I want to hang out with you. We love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. You guys, you're not even going to believe what's about to happen. I have one of my very own children, and he might be the one that has starred the most in the monologues lately (laughs) with me today. So he can share with you a little bit of his heart. What is God doing in my life? Well, a lot of what God is doing in my life has to do with my children. And um, here's my boy, Jude Miles, who is in studio today. Hey, buddy. What's up, guys? I'm Jude, Autumn's son. Yeah. Thank you. I brought him in. He is homesick today. And isn't that funny? I'm like, we at the studio, we have a studio at my house. And so he's able to come in and um, hang out with me for a minute. He printed my notes today, you guys. He like got me all ready to go. I was really proud of him. He's helping mom out because mommy had a busy day over here. But God is 
really, really doing a lot in Jude's life. And I know a lot of you guys have teenagers out there. A lot of you have kids. And I wanted him, we're just going to talk for like a couple minutes right before the break. I wanted him to share what God has done in his life in the last few months. You want to share? Of course I do. <laughs> well, um, honestly, God's really been moving in my life. I've seen a lot of changes recently in uh, my spiritual life and my spiritual faith. And really my faith has grown because I've been picking up the Bible more and just listening to what God's been saying to me. And it's really been amazing because of the changes that he's been making in my life, like going to youth more, tuning in, listening to worship music in my room. It's really been a great benefactor to help me become a better person that I want to be. So tell me, you went to winter camp like a couple of a month or two ago, maybe two months ago. Why don't you share just briefly what happened to you there and how you like, you actually came back a different, like a different person. You came back a different person. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So my church is amazing. And uh, I went to this winter camp and actually I feel like it was a great stepping stone moving into my faith in my later life. But uh, all of what I was hearing, the worship was incredible. All the sermons were amazing. But I just feel like God was speaking to me this uh, one word that kept rattling and ping ponging or pinballing or whatever you want to say in my mind. God kept telling me fire and which is really incredible to me because that I was praying for God to move into my life and to show me something that I can use later on down the road. And he told me fire. And I felt like he explained it to me a little bit more. He was saying fire. He was like telling me, Jude, I want you to go out. I want you to be a wildfire because a wildfire spreads. And in this dark world, we need more light and more people to live for Christ. That's awesome. Tell them what happened at the winter camp when you prayed over the person that needed healing. Uh, well, if I'm going to be honest, I have never seen anything like what happened at winter camp because me and my friends, we were all just like in a very spiritual mood. God was moving in the room like crazy. And a pastor got up and he was like, if you are hurting, if you're, if you're injured or something and you want prayer, raise your hand and people will pray over you. So me and this group of guys, and they're awesome. We, we were just going around to these different people and just laying our hands on them and praying. And this one girl, it was incredible because she had a chronic knee injury that she'd had for four years and she hasn't been able to walk. She hasn't been able to do anything because she was injured. She was like permanently injured for the rest of her life. And me and my friends, we set hands on her. And after our prayer, she got up and she started jumping and running and laughing and screaming in the name of Jesus because she was healed. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, you guys? That is so uh, amazing. When I tell you that Jude came back a different person, it was it was amazing. And he still, he hasn't gone back yet. And you never will. You'll never look back, will you? Real quick, um, before we, we move on, what is something, because everyone here, a lot of people have parent parents. Well, everyone has parents, but parents of children that are your age, younger, older, Obviously, you're on fire for the Lord right now. On fire. Get it? On fire. And um, what is some piece of advice that you could hand out to all my listeners who want to know who Prophet Jay is, which this is Prophet Jay. You guys hear his, his music. He writes raps. What is a piece of advice that they can do that will help their kids love Jesus more? Well, honestly, my mom, I don't, she didn't tell me to say this or anything, but what my parents have done so well, they've always been included in my life. They've, they've always been there for me. And especially in times of trouble, going through trials, they've always shown me back to Jesus and what he has for my life. They've never, my parents have just always been there for me. And I feel like that's a great thing for your teenagers or your kids or whatever you need. They just need to know that they're loved and they need to be pointed back to Jesus in their time of distress. Because when troubles of any kind come their way, it's an opportunity for great joy. For we know that he is there and he is with us. So your kids just need to know they're loved by you and they're loved by God. Jude, I, didn't, I really didn't tell him to say that, you guys. That is amazing. We do always point everything back to Jesus, for sure. We'll say we're not the answer. He's the answer. We are not don't trust us. Trust the Lord. I love you, bud. Love you too. 
<laughs> Wasn't that good? Oh my gosh. I loved it. Thanks for coming on, buddy. All right. All right. Okay. We'll be back after the break for my girl, Rahab. We'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the Biblical Harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, I'm back. Do you not just love my son? He is the bestest of the bestest of the bestest ever. And he left his little cell phone in my studio. He's probably dying. Just saw it. Uh, he's so amazing. And God really did radically change his life. And, you know, we couldn't be prouder. We just could not be prouder of him. It's so nice to see your kids get it, right? Like they get it. You've been telling them their whole life. And then all of a sudden there's a transformation in them where they're like, I got it. <laughs> it's awesome, guys. It's awesome. Okay. Ray Hab, my girl. I hope. Oh, I'm so excited to share this. I hope you guys are ready because this is going to be super encouraging, hopefully, to you. It was to me as I was dissecting this information uh, this morning and just kind of writing down my final thoughts about exactly what, it, what I wanted to share with you. Listen, I wrote a book about Rahab. This is in addition to that, okay? Her life is just, you. I, it's almost like I can't find the end of Rahab's life. There is so much to glean from Rahab the harlot story out of Joshua. Now, I want to start off by saying this before I dig in to everything about my girl. We are going to talk today very specifically about the fact that you are in position right now for a position. You're in position right now for a position. Now, I want to go to two texts that are going to set up everything that I just said. It's going to be so good. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. We start off today with a God who is looking. He is looking everywhere, to and fro throughout the earth. His eyes are everywhere. He's looking. And you know what he's not looking at? He's not looking at how expensive your jeans are. He is not looking at how expensive your bag is. He is not looking at what kind of car that you drive. That does not interest him at all, okay? He looks at this. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. He's looking today for you. He's looking, he's watching. You're not forgotten. 
you're seen, his eyes are on you, if that is you, if your heart is completely his, he knows exactly where and who you are. And as he is looking to and fro throughout the earth, a couple thousand years ago, he found someone whose heart was completely his. I want to open it up to this passage of scripture. And we're going to work backwards today because it is so, this story is so amazingly awesome. When he was looking back and forth saying, whose heart is mine? Whose heart is mine? A couple thousand years ago. This is what he found, and she is written in Hebrews 11. By faith, Hebrews 11.30, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, verse 31, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in peace. By faith. Rahab, the harlot, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in peace. Rahab has always intrigued me, and which is why I wrote an uh, entire book about her. Because the very fact that she was a harlot that is located in Hebrews 11, which is the hall of faith, I, for years, couldn't understand why in the world would God put a harlot in Hebrews 11 and really bless her because she was a harlot. How in the world could he do that? And then the Lord just kind of uh, broke down all of the legalism in my mind years ago. And he told me this, because her heart was mine. I see Hebrews 11 as an ending point for Rahab in the scripture, but it actually was the finale, the positioning that God knew would take place because he knew that her heart was his. You know, when we see in Joshua 2, I'm going to read this here for you in just a second. We see that Joshua has assumed, if you've listened to my podcast for five minutes, you know all about Joshua and Moses. But the Israelites are about to go into the promised land. And if you listen to my message at all, uh, I think it was maybe two years ago when I talked about um, when the new makes you nervous. Here, Joshua has assumed command of the entire Israel nation and Moses has passed away and he sends two spies in before Israel goes to conquer Canaan. He sends two spies in rather than 12 because he wants to know, is this land still good for the taking? We know that it is, but he wanted the spies to find out everything that they could find out about the land of Canaan. And this is where we're going to pick it up today. Joshua 2, it says this, Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two spies, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went in and came, where they come to? They came into the house of a harlot, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. When I uh, started learning about Rahab the harlot, I always been intrigued by this story. I think because of my past, I typically, you know, I identify way more with Rahab the harlot than I do like Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'm just like, <laughs> we're just, I just don't identify with Mary as much as I do Rahab. <laughs> and that's just real life, you guys. But when I started dissecting her story, there's so many different things that we can say about her story. When I look at uh, Joshua, who uh, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, he told them to go to the land, especially Jericho. And when they arrived, they came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab and lodged there. The reason I started off with Hebrews 11 is because that's where she ended up. She ended up 
in the hall of faith, right next to Abraham, right next to Moses, right next to Noah, Gideon, Barak, right next to all of those people, right next to all of the martyrs of the land, right to Sarah, all those people that we like applaud and we just really look up to in the faith. And there is Rahab the harlot right in the midst of those people. That's where she, God finally positioned her. That was her position. But before she was held in such high esteem, she was in a position in Jericho that was not so great. As I studied the history, and I actually studied the excavations of Jericho writing this book, she was positioned in Jericho as a harlot. God needed somebody, according to Joshua 6, on the inside of Jericho, it'll tell you in Joshua 6, I think it's Joshua 6, 1, don't count me on that, but it's somewhere in that area, that it says Jericho was tightly shut because the nation of Israel, no one could go in and no one could go out. So God had to place a servant of his on the inside, an unlikely person, an unlikely person. And looking at their circumstances, you would never believe that their heart was fully his, but it was. When we meet her in Joshua 2, the two spies come in from Israel, who has Yahweh as their God, and they walk in to a house of a woman who legitimately, her occupation was prostitution. And they lodged there. Now, as I studied the excavations of Jericho, her house was on, there's a couple of walls in Jericho. It wasn't just one wall. You know, there was an outer wall and there was an inner wall. Now, no one wanted to be on the outer wall. There was two different walls and it separated the classes of people, okay? No one wanted to live on the outer wall, but the outer wall was thick enough so that they would actually make apartments or houses inside of the wall, okay? Uh, no one wanted to live on the outer portion of the wall because if you lived on the outer portion of the wall and you were attacked, they would be, able, whoever was attacking you, your enemies would be the, you would be their first target as crawling up the wall and directly into your house. No one wanted to live on the outer portion of the wall. And yet that based on my study and the excavations of Jericho are exactly where Rahab lived. She lived in the low income portion of Jericho. She lived in the place where no one wanted to go, and yet she found herself meeting lots of men from Jericho on a regular basis based on her occupation. She was positioned in a very low position, a low unlikely position. But that positioning was for the great position that God was going to give her. I want to talk to you today about this idea, this thought of positioning. Because you know what I'm hearing so much lately? I'm hearing about so many people that are struggling with where they are right this second. I've got young kids. It's hard. Some of you guys are struggling with just your life stage of constantly sacrificially giving to um, your children or your husband, or maybe you're a caretaker of like a parent or like, or maybe even a child. Um, and you're in this position and you almost feel like you can't get out of this position because you don't know how to get out of this position. But I'm telling you, yes, you're in that position, but you're in that position for a future high position. Some of you guys are a mom of, of small kids that are struggling, but some of you guys are a minister who are just waiting to be promoted because you know that God has called you to something higher and you're just not getting exactly what you're asking for. And you're asking God and he's got you in a waiting position. And that waiting position is driving you absolutely crazy because you feel ready. You feel ready to go on to that higher promotion. You feel ready to be promoted, but God just isn't quite ready for you to do that quite yet. Some of you guys are going in a trial and you're thinking to yourself, why in the world 
Have I been in this trial for so long? You're in the middle of a trial. You're sat down just like Ezekiel in the middle of the valley, which is the lowest point of the valley. You're sitting in the valley. Maybe it's a health crisis. Maybe it's a financial crisis. You know, I I don't know what it is. Maybe in the middle of a divorce, the middle of uh, being rejected by a group of people. And you've been in this trial for a long time. And you think all I want to do is to get out of this trial. I'm telling you, you're not in the middle of the trial. You are positioned right now for something that will take you to a higher position, positioned for a position. I thought today of someone that's positioned with a special circumstance. This could be a lot of different things out there, right? Like, I mean, you never know the different things that people find themselves in. We get stories all the time and Amanda will read them to me and I'm like, I can't even believe that people go through that. Our story today is about someone that waited seven years to become an American citizen. And I just told you what the story was for today. But he struggled. It's a very long process, a very prestigious process to become a citizen. And his wife wanted us to celebrate that today. But for seven years, he waited, he went through every single step in the process, every single one that there is. I didn't know it was so lengthy. And I was thinking, wow, this is really, really lengthy process. Some of you guys are fighting like court battles out there. And you're thinking, why is, why in the world am I stuck in this position? What is happening? Some of you guys' houses might be being foreclosed on. Some of you guys just might be in a faith slump where you can't hear God, you can't feel God, you don't sense God, you don't know why in the world you are positioned in such a place that is so frustrating um, and you just can't seem to get out of it. Well, if that is you, that was Rahab. She was stuck in a position that honestly, without a miracle, she would never have gotten out of. She would have perished in that position, but for the power of God and her faith at work together. You know, the Lord is looking to and fro in Second uh, Chronicles 16, 9, for whose heart is completely mine? Whose heart can I trust? And I know it seems odd and I know you might not understand it, but you don't have to. He found a heart in Rahab who was raised in a pagan religion. She was actually named after Rob, the sun God. He found a heart that somewhere along the way on her process, in her process, in her journey, had found the faith to believe in Yahweh and only Yahweh. She looked like she was in this lower position, but actually she was perfectly placed for what God was going to do with her. Have you ever looked at your perspective and thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to stop asking why. I actually wrote this in my notes the other day, and I I was going to do like a black notepad like I do on the Instagram, but I just forgot. Have you ever looked at your situation and said, I'm going to stop asking why? And I'm going to start asking you, God, what are you doing in me in this season? I'm going to stop asking why, and I'm going to say, what are you doing? You know, if we started to look at these times in our lives where we go through a lower position, where we go through something where we're, we're kind of stuck in a circumstance that we can't get out of ourselves. And it's almost like, you know, Groundhog Day 24-7. Um, you just wake up and the same thing, same thing, and God's not coming through and I'm still dealing with the same and I'm, I'm positioned in this, in this rough place. If we stop asking God why and we start asking God, okay, God, what? What are you doing? What are you doing in me? What are you preparing me for? Your perspective begins to change. And rather than complaining like the Israelites, you start becoming expectant. Okay, God, you're doing something. You wouldn't, my good God, would not leave me in this trial this long 
unless I could proclaim like Joseph what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. I'm going to tell you. The day those two spies and Joshua 2 marched in to Rahab's house on the outer portion of the Jericho wall, she might have been shocked to see them, but she was ready for that second that God was going to elevate her position. When we get to a place where we are we start looking at where we're at, where we're positioned, and we kind of stop complaining about it or being frustrated about it. And we kind of settle into, okay, God, you know, my heart's yours. You know, I've been faithful. You know, I've been down this road with you a lot. You know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I still, I'm still praying. I'm not going anywhere. You got me. I got you. What you're doing now is crazy, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lean in and I'm gonna trust you. When you stop the outer thoughts and you start saying, what are you doing with me right now? How are you going to come through? What are you trying to teach me? What are you preparing me for? When you stop asking why and start asking what, things begin to change in your life. And I believe this is exactly where we see Rahab. Why? Because when she had the opportunity, she didn't waver. She leaned into it. Where you're positioned is preparing you for a higher position. If she wasn't on the outer, outer portion of that wall, I don't think that uh, the two spies would have gone there because they would have had to walk through the entire city to get to a higher class place of living. And that wasn't going to happen because the risk of death was too great. She was positioned for a higher position. What is God teaching you right now in the outer portion of your wall that you're going to need when he comes in? to promote you to a higher position. What I have learned over the years, when the trial is long, when the trial is hard, when the trial is like, oh my goodness, Lord, what in the world are you doing? When I realize, okay, I'm starting to get really complaining here. <laughs> I'm gonna stop complaining and I'm gonna start asking, not why are you doing this, what are you doing? What are you doing in me? What do I lack? that this trial is teaching me? What is this educating me to do? And you know, the truth of it is, like it or not, you don't have to like it, it's part of the Bible. Um, Rahab had been educated and been street smart because of her occupation. She had learned how to survive. She had learned how to survive in very interesting circumstances. And it actually, in this circumstance, served her incredibly well because of what happened. In Joshua 2, verse 1, um, let me just say, uh, I'm going to pick it up here. So they went and came into the house of a harlot. She thought it was a house. It was actually a positioning whose name was Rahab and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, verse 2, behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have entered your house. So they came to search out all the land, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they came from. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark, that the men went out and I don't know where the men went, pursue them quickly for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. I could go really in depth about the flax and about the lie, but I'm not going to do that. God gave her an opportunity right here. And, and all this is in my book. If you want to read about the lie and why God blessed her during the lie, it's all in the book. There's actually an entire chapter about the lie because a lot of people don't focus on it because they think, how could God bless someone who lies? Well, you know, do you sin and God still blesses you? <laughs> he does. Anyway, pick up the book, read it. It's a really, really good chapter. I want to focus on this because of how she was, what she learned in this position of where she lived and what she did. 
She had skills that someone who didn't live in this place had. She knew how to navigate. She knew how to survive. And she knew exactly how to protect in that circumstance, the two spies that came in from Israel. She learned how to navigate the system, so, so to speak, in order to protect the men who she knew God's favor was on. This is what I want to say to you today about you being positioned. You're learning something that in the future will protect someone because of the wisdom that God has taught you during this season of a low position. Let me say that again in a different way. What if you knew that what you were going through now and what you were experiencing now and the wisdom that God was downloading to you now and the things that he was saying, man, you should have done that. Maybe you were learning something the hard way. The stuff that you are embracing, learning, being educated in now, and some of those things you don't even know what they are yet. You'll probably find out in about five years. What if you knew that you were going to be able to protect someone later by what you learned now. Would it be worth it? Let me tell you something about raising my children. <laughs> there are so many things I did wrong growing up. So many. It got me in a really rough space and I won't go into all of it. But because I went to such a low position of being rejected by everyone I knew, there are things that I learned there in the low point of my life that have served me and have protected my kids and have protected my, my marriage to Eddie for 19 years because I learned them in the low so I could protect my family from things that I knew would harm them if I didn't know them. There is someone in the future of this trial or this positioning that you are going through, mom, you're so frustrated with your season. I totally understand. I've been in, I'm coming out of it right now. I'm about to go into another hard season of letting my kids go. Uh, but there is something that you're learning that in five years, there's going to be a mom with triplets and she's going to be uh, fried and she's going to need some encouragement from you that says, listen, I've been exactly where you are. I've been in that low position, but I made it. I survived. Look at my kids. Single mom, I'm talking to you. I know, I can't even imagine the weight that is on your shoulders day to day to work the multiple jobs, to provide for your children, to make sure that they're healthy and happy and all the things. I can't imagine the things that you go through mentally. And this is a hard season for you right now. But one day there's going to be a boy or a girl that graduates college and said, because my mom sacrificed, because she taught me things that I needed to know in life, I'm standing here today. Day. What if this position that you find yourself in that you're struggling with so much is there to protect others with what they're going through? Rahab arguably could have been the only person that could have honestly protected those two spies. Why? Because her heart was fully God's and God knew it. An unlikely woman. But it didn't matter what she looked like on the outside because God wasn't looking at that. He was looking at her heart. The idea of a harlot protecting men that were anointed by God and probably the most skillful um, warriors in uh, the nation of Israel. No doubt they were the most astute and very smart, very trained. These are not like just normal people. These are like, these are boys that are like, they're legit. Okay. And there was only two of them. Imagine uh, uh, someone like Rahab being trained to help them survive. If Rahab knew that everything that she had gone through up until that time was going to be used for good by God, man, that's a thought. I wonder if her perspective would have been different. I um, was thinking about this idea of protection. Position to protect. 
And I've thought there's actually a lot of stories that I can't even share that I was thinking of whenever I was uh, going through this. It was she was positioned to protect and we are positioned sometimes in the hardest positions of our life to protect others. What about financially? Some of you guys that are in this a really rough financial situation and you're thinking, how did I get here? Lord, how are you going to deliver me? What are you going to do? Well, guess what? He's going to come through. I'm believing it with you. But when he does, do not forget the lessons that you learned there so that you can protect those around you that will come to you and seek financial advice from you. And you are able to say, I did it wrong. I did this. I did that. But this is how I learned. And I want to protect you moving forward. We're positioned. We're positioned. We're positioned now, if that's you, to protect. Not only was Rahab able to protect the spies because she leaned into the work that God was doing and answered the call, and I'll read the text here for you in just a second. She was not only able to protect the spies, God's anointed people, she was also able to protect her entire family. Let me read it for you. Verse six, she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of the flax where she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the roof. The king's men pursued them on the roof to the Jordan, to the fours. As soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, before they lay down, she came to them on the roof and said to them, no, that the Lord, this is the intelligence they needed. This is the, why they were there in Jericho. No. Now this is coming from Rahab the harlot. That was on the outside of the wall, not in a really good circumstance. No, that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you, we're all terrified of you, has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard, listen to this transparent, beautiful dialogue from Rahab the harlot. She is the best. You talk about a testimony in church. She gets up and says this. There's revival that breaks out everywhere. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. Listen to what she says. Remember Second Chronicles 16.9, he's looking the eyes of the Lord are going throughout all the earth. He's looking for whose heart, not whose occupation, not whose car, not whose, you know, bumper sticker, uh, not whose bag, whose heart is completely his. And this is what she said. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Does that sound like a woman? Who doesn't love the Lord? No, that sounds like a woman who pledges allegiance to God Almighty. So she is protecting them because of her position. She has taken a huge risk by letting them in her house. Everyone wanted to get Israel. Everyone wanted to get rid of them because they knew that Israel was coming after them. Everyone wanted to make sure that Israel stayed far away from their city because if they saw Israel, they knew that they were about to get it, okay? Now she says, she takes her opportunity. Therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, I've protected you, verse 12 that you will also deal kindly with my father's household. Now she gets to protect her own and give me a pledge of truth. Spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters with all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, our life for yours, if you don't tell of the business of ours. And it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Now, I'm going to skip forward and there's, there's so much, I hate to skip it because it's just so incredibly amazing what happens. You know, the spies end up leaving. She drops the cord and the whole thing. 
we see here after the spies leave that Israel ends up coming back and this is what happens Joshua 6 22 says this when the Israelites are coming they're marching around Jericho they've marched around all those times and they've cried they've screamed the walls have fallen down except for her house her house didn't fall down but this is what joshua said joshua 6 22 joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land go into the harlot's house and bring the woman and all she has out of there as you have sworn to her so the young men who were spies went in and brought out rahab and her father and mother and her brothers and all she had and they also brought out all her relatives and placed them outside the camp of israel listen to me when you are positioned Wherever you are in a hard position, in a hard season, in a hard circumstance, whatever that is, okay? Hers just happened to be on the outside of the wall, okay? Yours could be whatever it is, whatever you're sensing with me. God is teaching you things in that place. You might not know why. You might not know what's coming. But guess what? If your heart is fully the Lord's, I'm telling you what, there's going to be a couple spies knocking on your door. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to lean in to what the Lord is doing in your life so that you can do exactly what Rahab is, be justified by her faith. It was because of her position, not in spite of her position, that she was able to protect the spies, which protected the entire nation of Israel, which protected the word of the Lord, the the, the prophecies that were going to come from it, which protected the, the eventual bloodline of David, which brought forth Jesus. Her one act of faith is why Jesus's bloodline stood intact. Because if she wouldn't have stood up and said, listen, I'm going to let you in. The biggest city, the most fortified city in the entire land of Canaan might not have fallen so easy. Now, listen, God would have had his way another way. But I want to show you something really cool. Her positioning was to protect the spies, which were protect the nation which was to protect God's covenant, which was eventually to protect the bloodline of Jesus. I want to read a really cool passage of scripture that you're not going to expect. I find myself in Ruth. It's so crazy. I was looking for this passage of scripture this morning and (laughs) you guys are not going to believe this. I'm looking everywhere. I'm like, where is Ruth? Where is Ruth? I know it's in the Bible. (laughs) I've taught from it before. I looked down, my hand is on the page that this verse is on. It was really cool, you guys. I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you. Rahab protects the spies because of her position. Her faith and her position of faith protected her family. Joshua's faithfulness to his promise protected Rahab. And she was able because of her faith to protect the bloodline of Jesus. I want to read this to you. Ruth 2 verse 1. Now Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a man of great wealth of the family of M. I'm going to so butcher this word. Eli Malek. Or Eli Malek. Eli Malek. Okay, something like that. You can read it for yourself whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may have found favor. And she said, go, my daughter. Now, if you know anything about this story, this boy named Boaz, who was from the family of Eli Malek, was actually Rahab's son. Eli Malek was Salmon, Boaz's dad. And this is who comes in and is actually in the bloodline with Jesus. This is what it says about him in my study. He was a man of strength, riches, power, virtue. He was the grandson of Nashon, prince of the tribe of Judah. His father was Salmon. His mom was Rahab. 
In Matthew 1, 5, it talks about him, and I've, I've read this so many different times in Scripture. You can find him in the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew 1, 5, Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab the harlot. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. And who was Jesse? Jesse was David's father. I'm trying to get you to understand that where you're positioned right now is not where you're going to stay positioned. Where you're positioned right now is what God uses if it's in a hard place as a training ground for where he wants to take you. Do you understand the amount of compassion that Rahab must have invested into her son Boaz saying, listen, let me tell you about my history. Let me tell you about what I went through. Let me tell you about these walls of Jericho. Let me tell you when, when Salmon was believed to be one of the two spies, when he came in and I hit him and I protected him. Let me tell you that I not didn't just protect him. I protected you because you wouldn't be here if I didn't protect him. Let me tell you a story about the power of Yahweh. Let me tell you. And her faith and her positioning and her faithful God got her to this verse right here. Hebrews 11, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in peace. Your positioning right now, although it may be uncomfortable and frustrating and you want God to come through and you want whatever, stop asking why and start asking him, what are you going to do? Because this woman, Rahab, Her heart was exactly what God was looking for. To write a story that makes all the legalists shudder. (laughs) All the ones that are wanted to, they actually wanted to get the harlot, Rahab the harlot, her title taken out of the Bible when I read that. They wanted it to be called Rahab the innkeeper, but she wasn't an innkeeper, she was a harlot. God wanted to look every legalistic pharisaical spirit in the face and say, my grace is bigger than that. Why? Because her heart was fully mine. She was positioned in Jericho for a position in Hebrews 11. And I want that to encourage you. And I want you to think about that. Where you are is not where you're going to stay. Trust me. What you're going through is not going to last forever. But do you know what will? The wisdom that you glean during this time. It'll last. And it'll be necessary as God elevates you to where he's taken you. Isn't that good? Oh, I love my girl Rahab. I love that she has so many people like scratching their heads, but the text is the text, you guys. The text is the text. It says what it says, okay? Uh, I've had a lot of people question me about Rahab and I'm like, you know what? Go argue with God because I didn't write the Bible. I just study the Bible and I'm inspired by it. Go argue with him, you know? I don't, what do you, what do you want me to say? The text is the text. I love it. I love her. I love that God's grace is that big. I love that he uses us. I love that he chooses us in states where we wouldn't even probably choose ourselves. He sees you exactly where you are. I love it. I love a God who makes us go, huh, he's that good. He's so good. He's so good. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you today. I love your grace. I love your grace. I love that you love us just to love us. I love your forgiveness. I love the fact that you see in us what no one else might see. I love that you're looking at our hearts and not anything else. I love that that's what encourages and impresses you, not anything else. I love that scripture in 2 Chronicles 16, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for seeing that, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
I pray for that person that's in a position, a hard one, a hard one right now. They're scratching their heads and they're saying, what is happening? I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them through this woman, this amazing woman in scripture. I pray, Lord, that that they would be encouraged and they would start asking what? What are you preparing me for? Lord, we trust that you are. We trust that you are preparing us. We trust that trials are coming to an end. The hard position is coming to an end. Rahab's did. When the walls fell flat, the eighth day, she rose a hero. She was a harlot on the seventh day, and she was a hero on the eighth. Look how fast you changed your circumstances. What an amazing, incredible, gracious, good God you are. And you're my God, and you're our God, and we praise you for that. Thank you for your encouragement from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, so good. I just love this story, you guys. It's so good. Okay, I'll see you after the break. I've got some other stuff to share. Uh, story and a question from one of you. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Hey guys, it's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com, or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back with a story. Love, 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 love my women of the Bible. Love them. Okay, we have a testimony from one of you. What is God doing in your life? And I just thought this was really cool. Um, I kind of shared with you a little bit about it while I was talking, but there's someone who, who wrote in and they had spent seven years, you guys, going through the process of becoming American citizens, seven years and they've been working towards it. I mean, I'm not sure of the process. I was I was born here, so I've heard of it, but I, obviously I don't know all the different steps that it takes if you're born in another country. Um, but they were told multiple times there is no hope and it wouldn't happen. It took a lot of money. They didn't think that they could raise the money in order to do that. But they had a really supportive church community family and daily prayer and the ceremony was yesterday you guys isn't that awesome the ceremony was yesterday and from what i hear it's a really moving ceremony you know they say the pledge of allegiance and they have their flags and all that kind of stuff and i just was so moved by this because I mean, seven years is a really long time and I've heard it does take a really long time. So that is such a cool story and we're so thankful for that. And I love, love, love it. Okay. Our question is this. I feel like my church has too many clicks. <laughs> clicks. How do I integrate myself in? This is a really interesting question and I am glad that it's being asked because sometimes it does feel, you know, when you go to a new church or whatever, they've known each other for years or they're, they're you know, they've known each other for 20 years or they're in this small group or they're in this or they're in that, or whatever. I think let's not be, first of all, let's not be a clicky church. Like, come on guys, like welcome everyone. If you're not welcoming people in, like, come on, let's not let that be said about our church. Okay. Or maybe if it is your church, how about you be the change? Because that's, that's unacceptable. Okay. Don't be that kind of a church. But if you just happen to be in a church like that, or if you think there is a perception that there is a lot of clicks in your church. This is what I would do personally. Sign up to serve. 
choose a place to serve, whether it's the children's ministry, the parking team, you know, a usher or whatever it is. When you begin serving, you automatically are pulled into a group of people and you kind of, you start building community there. Maybe it's the youth. I used to love to serve in the youth. I've done lots of stuff at churches. But start serving, and then once you start serving, I would also join a small group where there is a group of people that will welcome you in. It's really, really good to go through like a new members class too, because a lot of times they'll they'll direct you to a small group that will work really well with you and whatever stage of life in you're, you're in and stuff like that. But I would start serving. Volunteer. Volunteer your time. I know churches everywhere that need volunteers right now, and especially in children's ministry and, you know, just anywhere, greeting, parking, whatever it is. Volunteer, sign up for a small group, and I'm telling you, you will have your own group of people before too long. But I think that's a really good question. And it is overwhelming. If you're going to a new church, you look around and you're like, these people have been here for 10, 20 years. Where do I fit? Well, you kind of have to put yourself in to get community um, and not expect it just to happen. So I love that question. I love this. I love this show. I love you. Thank you guys so much. Next week, we are going to hit it hard with Deborah. She is going to be our third and final series on this series of women. And I hope you enjoyed it. I love these ladies. I've drawn a lot of strength from them over the years, just as strong women knowing myself how I am. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I will see you next week right back here on the Autumn Mile Show. Love you guys so much. See you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Mile Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.